0: Face the event from brand ambassadors and event staffers to magicians and presenters. It's the one and only podcast to introduce the faces in and around the trade show and events industry. And here's our host, Scott Tokar.
1: Hello and welcome to Face the Event. My name is Scott Tokar, I am your host. This is our second episode of season number one. I hope you enjoyed our first podcast and I hope that you are clicking that subscribe button so we can keep this podcast going. Today, we're going to share with you, um, first off, a little bit about eating on the trade show floor, where to get food, why not to buy food from the uh, vendors there at the show floor, and some tips and tricks to save you a lot of money, followed by a face-to-face interview with Robin Bell. Robin is a live presenter now, but she's pretty much done it all in the industry, Uh, She's gonna tell us about the difference between healthcare um, conventions and builders conventions and users group conferences. She's gonna tell us about researching and scripting her very own presentations. And what's the difference between a PowerPoint slide presentation and physically working with a company's products or uh, doing a live demo. She's also going to uh, tell us about the ear prompter as well as how to uh, properly promote yourself in the trade show world. She's gonna give us some tips on photographs, as well as tips on websites and videos that you need in order to be a success in this world. She's gonna tell us about um, also how to get a trade show marketing website up and get those referrals coming in. And to close out the show, our typical face palm is from Becky Joe Schwartz of CE Talent. She tells us of an indecent exposure in a jacuzzi after a trade show from a ban- uh, with a brand ambassador. It's definitely a facepalm to end all facepalms. Well, let's get right into the show. Here's our first subject. Today,
2: it's eating
1: on the trade show floor.
2: Eating and food. That's all to be taken care of when no one sees it. Bottle of water at minimum with the client's permission is the only thing that the client should ever see you with on the show floor. No food ever in the booth, no drink ever in the booth, especially if the client has a white carpet. So obviously if you're working a long day, uh, food is going to be important. Uh, Food, however, should not be consumed in the booth. It should be done, Um, either before you get to the booth during a break, um, and, or, you know, after the show. You do not have time to stand in line for 40 minutes on your 45 minute break to eat a $12 piece of crappy pizza. Always bring your own food. Always bring your own snacks. Lines, if you're planning on just getting food there at the trade show floor, it could be very long. You're going to find that it's going to take a lot longer if you don't bring your food with you. You're gonna use most of your break standing in line and trying to figure out where to eat.
0: Well, trade show food, convention floor food is usually not very good. So I usually bring power bars. Always bring some food just in case you have to work through lunch. So make sure you bring food to snack on in case you
2: cannot get to the food that might be being sold. I always have almonds, maybe cranberries mixed in there. Of course, a power bar. You never know. One of the things that I try to do is get either a big cooler that I can put ice in or I go to the grocery store in the morning. Uh, also, keep in mind, if you're on your lunch break and you're going to have a you know, grilled cheese and onion sandwich, uh, your breath uh, could you know, have some difficulties when you get back. So if you're going to eat garlic, onions, you know, something like that, make sure you have your toothbrush uh, with you um, so that you can, you know, take care of that issue. Try to find an exhibitor lounge to go sit at and eat, or sometimes you're just stuck on the stairs. Usually some type of caffeine, maybe a Red Bull, some type of an energy thing, cough drops, you have to have those, keep your voice going. I don't know, you never leave without something. And the lines for food at those shows are so long, so wouldn't even think of going to those. And alternatively, make sure you're not eating anything that is going to spill all over you. (laughs) If you're gonna have a hot dog with, you know, ketchup and mustard and relish, um, or if you're going to eat something that, you know, bring a bib or
0: something, so uh, you don't spill all over. But uh, I will say that in Louisville, Kentucky, they have these uh, food trucks outside so good if you're ever on that trade show floor go outside for lunch it's great
1: we want to thank jennifer canali becky joe schwartz alexis bays robin bell and veronica Taveldi for their tips today all right so um out on a trade show floor there's all sorts of different people you're going to meet and run into and see and obviously the presenters there's many different types of presenters obviously i'm the magician doing the magic tricks but a lot of times there's that information that goes a little bit deeper and has a, a maybe a little bit more um presentation style to it and there's a, a few people in this industry that i think of
0: and immediately
1: i think of robin bell she's been in this business uh at, at least as long as i have and um I I see her at all these different shows, and I'm always impressed in her delivery and her professionalism. So I thought I'd bring her on here. Let's uh, let's welcome Robin Bell. Hi, Robin. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thanks for that intro. That was pretty nice.
1: Oh well, it, and it comes from the heart because there's people that uh, well, we are we are like a family. We've said that in past podcasts. Yeah. There's a family element here. Um, we're all stuck out there on the road off, often, and. Um, Uh, You know, our family is back at home someplace, but uh, we know we can in a pinch rely on each other out there. So you're one of those people that is certainly in that group.
0: We definitely have a trade show family. It's the familial connection that's really, I think that's one of the things that captivates me.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, um, do you remember your first trade show?
0: Oh, gosh. That's going back. Yes, I do. Tell me about it. I do. It was um, I was actually a I was a presenter talking about a Ford van, and it had been converted into a flower shop. And there were flowers in there as a demo. This show was five days long. By the, they never changed the flowers. The flowers were dying by the end of the week. I opened up the van doors and out go these little bugs on the last day of the show. And I still had people coming up and saying, do you do weddings?
1: You know, you know you're supposed to save these kind of stories for our face palm at the end of the show. That's, oh. that's funny. That's funny. I,
0: that was the first one. Was that,
1: how did you get that gig? How did you end up in trade shows?
0: I I got that job through an agency. A friend of mine um, had said that they were doing auditions at an agency to go audition. I did, and they hired me right away for five shows, and I've been doing them since. What what
1: kind of agency was that? Was like because sometimes uh, uh, there's modeling agencies out there, and there's specific like trade show agencies and that kind of thing. What kind of agency was it?
0: This was a trade show marketing company, so their their main focus was uh, was trade shows and providing talent to trade shows, and then they embellished that as time went on to uh, help the company with other messaging. But but yeah, trade I think, shows. I uh, think
1: I know what company you're talking about. You, can you do you want to say the name of the company? Probably not. Okay. All right. All right. Um, there's some infamy in that company, too. So that's probably yeah. the real insiders. Yeah. The folks that have been in the business for a really long time probably know what we're talking about. But um.
0: I have to say I have high regard for that, that group of people. And that was where I moved from Los Angeles to Chicago. And there was not a lot of whole family kind of feeling in the, the industry, the music industry, where I, I was involved in. Out there, but when I came here and the trade show industry, that was one of the things. Going back to your point about the family feel, I was so blown away by that connection. Um, So yeah, I think that agency was my introduction to it. I still work with them, and they're a wonderful group of people.
1: So um, typically, I see you doing presenting. Um, uh, What what kind of products? What kind of companies have you represented in in doing presenting?
0: So, um, healthcare, in the healthcare industry, medical industry, I've done conferences as well as trade shows overseas and here in the U.S. Uh, Commercial printing uh, overseas and here in the U.S. Um, Let's see. Oh, uh, user group uh, shows like Oracle, Open World, Microsoft Ignite, Cisco Live, those kinds of, of shows. I've worked with Ford Motor Company, for a lot of years doing a wide variety from uh, builder shows to uh, concrete shows to waste management. I mean, there's a, a large variety A pizza expo. I mean, that was great. Got a little uh, infamy
1: me in that show too.
0: Uh, yeah, a lot and a lot of food consumption at that show uh, from this redhead. So, um, so tell me,
1: uh, when, when, when I do presenting, it's not just like say, look at this pen. And then you make right. up stuff about it. There's a script, isn't there?
0: There's a script. Um, always given a script. And typically, for me, I make it my own. I, uh, I will rewrite scripts with the, uh, with the approval of the client. Um, I will do a lot of research so I know what I'm talking about. I'm not up there just reciting. I think it's part of the responsibility of the presenter to know what it is they're talking about. And to know what it is you're talking about makes it more exciting. So for me, I love to learn. This is a great opportunity for me to use that, that, uh, that passion of mine to, to love learning and doing research. And I'll tell you some of the medical shows watching, uh, YouTube videos on placement of, uh um, hernia meshes and stuff. It's, it's pretty fascinating. Um, so, so, yeah, I think the research and the preparation and to know what it is you're talking about, to talk to the writers of the script. Oh, That's where uh, I was going to go next.
1: Do you write the script or does someone write it for you and, and that kind of thing?
0: Well, yes, I actually have written um, scripts and co-written. Uh, typically, I'm given a script. Um, and then I'll take it and and make it my own, make it conversational. There've been scripts that have been written by some clients that I have overseas, Belgium and Germany and, and England. And, uh, the scripts that have come from Germany or from Belgium, sometimes it's the translation. Um, what I have to ask them sometimes is, is this what you're meant to say? Because that's what you're saying. And overseas, there is a, surprisingly, there's a a need for English-speaking presenters. Yeah, I know
1: some people in in Dubai, specifically the expats that move there, just that they can do a lot of uh, presenting. Um, Really? Yeah, just just because they need a a clean English-speaking person uh, to deliver some of the stuff uh, for that market. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dubai is is a beautiful place. I could totally hang out there anytime.
0: Yeah.
1: So, uh, do you have to memorize these scripts? Uh, I mean, how long are they? And and, Because my my memory sucks.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, we we do have something that helps the memory. But what happens, and it's called an ear prompter, and I'll tell you about that here uh, in just a moment, but I will tell you that there is a process. When you're working on a script and you're spending hours and hours and hours, before you even go to the trade show floor, you are well-versed in what this script is, and it's a funny thing that the brain does. It kind of takes over and sometimes will, when I'm doing a presentation in front of a live audience, my brain will, will rework what uh, the content is, because i it, it makes more sense to me now that I'm around it, I'm seeing it, I'm touching it, I'm learning more about it from the engineers or the salespeople on the trade show floor, then I find another way to to um, present that to audiences. Um, so yes, there is a level of memorization that kind of happens. And there are some companies I've been working with for years, I know their products inside and out, and it's learning about their new products or services that they want me to present, um, so those are added to it. And there are times when a script is presented, and there's a particular audience that might be really interested in another product offering, and it's not in the script. I will add that, because I think that's added value to to the client, and also for, for those who are listening.
1: Well, and I think that so, really sets you apart from um folks that are uh solely on ear and only can repeat that. And we're hinting on something that I don't know if it's really a secret.
0: It is for some.
1: I'm I'm a it magician. Is- I wanna I wanna honor any secrets here, but I personally I personally use ear occasionally and um uh it's a skill. Um uh, you want to let on what we're talking about a little bit here? What is ear?
0: Yeah, so it's called it's called an ear prompter, and you'll see on newscasts, you'll see a, a device an in IFB a
1: person's... sometimes there.
0: Sometimes it's IFB. Uh, I've done IFB, but most of the time they're being... It's live. A producer is talking to them and giving them direction through an ear monitor. Uh, for presenters, a lot of presenters... Um, there's a lot of times when we memorize, and then there and it makes sense to. If you're doing a game show, you really have to be memorized. Um, or in the case of uh, Ford Motor Company, for me, I know their products inside and out, and I can talk to them and about them till the cows come home. Uh, but there are some products and maybe uh, technology where the the uh, presentation is 20 minutes long, and you're relying on your memory. Sometimes that's not always the way that you can do this or things change last minute, which happens frequently Uh, They may say we're taking that out legal hasn't allowed that uh, To be presented or we we can't show this now. It's changed So we have a thing called an ear prompter and you record the script on a device a little recorder and Then it's transmitted to your ears. So you set it at your pace um, and in the way that you want to, to speak. And then a second, um, a fraction of a second afterwards, you're repeating this. Now, when you become really good on the ear and you don't just put it down on a tape recorder, put it in your ear or on a digital recorder, we use digital recorders, put your ear monitor in your ear and then go and do it. It takes rehearsal with that so that you become smooth, so that what you're presenting to the audience, they think is flawless and clear, and you're just talking off the the top of your head, um, maybe with cues from a a PowerPoint. So So,
1: it's, it's, um, it's a little bit like the game that you may remember playing in elementary school, where someone would talk, and you'd talk just past them, or just beyond what they said. So it's repeating exactly yourself from yourself, yeah. I find it zen like. There's actually a different place that my brain and my whole function goes to. And frankly, for me, when I'm on ear, it's actually quite relaxing. It's something that uh, that that's a different skill set.
0: Um, it is a different skill set. Uh for me it's a little bit different because my this is a cue. And I'm pretty excited every time I do a presentation is it's, it's exciting for me. And the reason it's exciting for me is because every audience is different. And I like it when I see their eyes open just a little bit or their head tip or maybe they lean forward a little bit and they're really interested or they sit back and they smile like they've gotten it. And all like, oh, that is really, that's what I'm looking for, to give that messaging to them and for them to have it resonate with them. So for me, this is kind of a cue and it's not It's not necessarily a Zen thing for me. For me, it's, I can't wait to tell you about this. And I can't wait to see those responses from you. Um, Because my job is to effectively get that messaging across. And, um, you know, after you've done, I mean, I've done as many as 36, 37 presentations in a day. And there were five minute presentations. And that first one has to be as exciting as the last one. And it is when you are focused on them, not on your ear, not on the grocery list. Um, for me, it's it's about getting that message across. And there's always some kind of interaction that I can have with an audience that yeah, makes Yeah, and it I
1: think the more you get used to your script, the more times you do it. Like, I'd say about uh, five times into the script live on the show floor. Then I can start stepping away a little bit. It sounds like you, well, you've got a way more experience at that than I do. I don't usually work on an ear, so... For me, it, it takes me a little bit probably longer to slip into that feeling, but uh, but it is. It's really a, 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 an interesting place to be. Um, how long, you mentioned something as long as 20 minutes, that's a long presentation. On average, how long are your presentations that you're doing on ear?
0: Well, it varies from industry to industry. The um, medical shows, they tend to be longer. They're usually, um, it's heavier content, it's longer content. Kent content and typically we're doing a demo so we may be showing a a new piece of equipment and um, we're doing demos on it I may be working with somebody else um, who's running the demo while I'm introducing different aspects of it so that can run 17-18 minutes um, and a demo because something is moving moving parts people really like that Uh, because that is happening uh, it keeps them engaged Typically, if you're just uh, working as somebody who's just giving informational and you've maybe got a, a PowerPoint to boost what you're doing and maybe some video, you try to encourage a shorter time. Eight minutes is, is condensing very long. So typically, it's about seven minutes. If it's too long, I tend to uh, talk to the client about it and say, We've got redundancy here or we may have a better way to say this. What do you think of this? So it tightens it up a little bit so that you're being respectful of the time that the people who are attending your presentation have to give you and you want to give them your best message. So how do we go about doing that? And then if they want more information or they want to see a demo, we can certainly get them into other areas of the booth for that.
1: So, um, if you're doing these presentations, are you also responsible to get the people to sit down in the, usually a theater, sit down in the seats to, yeah. to watch you? Do you, Or do you have crowd gatherers? How, how does that work?
0: Well, it's wonderful when we have crowd gatherers. Um a lot of the time, especially those shows overseas, I do the crowd gathering on my own. So I'll do an on-mic. I'll get out in the aisles and pull people in. I invite them in to I tell them approximately how long the presentation is, what it covers, and invite them to, to join us. Crowd gatherers do the same thing. They go out into the audience, and the, the benefit of having a crowd gatherer is Once my presentation starts or any presenter's presentation starts, they can continue to invite people in to see the presentation, to learn more about what this company has to offer.
1: So um, are there any tricks to get people to sit down? I mean, I've got my tricks as a magician, Uh, you know, and as a magician, I don't know if you knew this or not, but there's two styles that I do. You may have seen me do a lot of aisle view presentations, but I also do the (laughs) theater style. You might have seen me do that. Or I would cut a girl in half in a the theater and do a little bit more in depth presenting, but yeah. um, but so I've got some of my tricks. Do you have any tricks to get the audience to sit down to to, to join you that kind of thing?
0: Well, there are enticements, premiums. They're called premiums. Uh, yeah, there are premiums, and that sometimes if um, if an attendee doesn't know what your what your company is about, uh, what they offer. Uh, and you want to get uh, them to come into the booth. You you'll have a premium, but a lot of the times, if you tell them, you know what it is you're presenting, they will tell you at a lot of shows. They'll say, "Well, you know, what, that's not my area, but uh, but thank you for 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 stopping for stopping me." Um, typically, it's the premiums that will get a lot of of people in there. Um, that's what crowd gatherers will use, but in the medical industry, you can't you can't give away. There's uh, there's legal that says you can't give away gifts. Yeah, so yeah. it's it in there. Well, they're there for information. The pharma, pharma
1: guidelines don't allow you to do that, but um, the the um, a lot of times uh, you will do like a, a drawing or something, right? Like uh, you'll hand people yeah. like uh, uh, the crowd gatherers often will be employed to scan badges. And mm-hmm. then hand them like a like a, a, a raffle it's ticket crazy. or something like that. Is that the way yep. that you've worked in the
0: past? A lot. Yes. So um, and we've done some very elaborate uh, giveaways, car, uh, tickets to see Macy Gray and Bare Naked Ladies. And I mean, just
1: you're talking t-shirt. about the band there, right? Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure that's because that's a totally different show for bare naked ladies. No,
0: I don't do those shows. <laughs> <laughs> so I, can't help you. I can't help you with that kind of. No, no,
1: no. That's definitely a Vegas thing. I don't know. I. That's
0: thing. Yeah, and only in
1: January, I think. <laughs> CES time. So, yeah. um, how how do you how do you work? Do you do you work all, all by yourself? I mean, are you are you booking these things yourself or is an agent coming to you? Or are you going through a producer? How does that work with you?
0: So yes, to all of those things. Um, word of mouth. So other presenters uh, may have gotten a call to do a show that's happening at the same time they're already booked. And they'll contact me and see if I'm available. Uh, it could be an agency. Could be a, a trade show agency. Could be a, an exhibit house. It could be a marketing company. Somebody could have another company could have seen me on the trade show floor and said, "Hey, can I get your card? Uh, we'd be interested in in talking to you." So there are a lot of different ways of uh, of this happening. Word of mouth is is great, and seeing you on the trade show floor is great. And and for for some uh, like brand ambassadors, uh, some pres- presenters, and um, models. Uh, uh, people who booth staff, anybody that's doing that kind of work, uh, hostesses, those are a lot uh, done through agencies. Right. So
1: um, if you're a brand ambassador, if you're a, a hostess, if you're a, 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 a crowd gatherer or badge scanner or brand ambassador, all these different things, uh, without a doubt you need photos and you need a resume, mm-hmm. but as mm-hmm. as a presenter it's really important that you have a demo reel or a sizzle reel or something like that, right?
0: Yeah. So, really, the demo reel. Um, now, what they ask for is, if say it's the medical industry, they'd like to see three or four pieces, little short pieces, in a reel uh, that they can look at on a YouTube channel. So you can put together a little reel, and you can you can do that. Um, for the computer industry, technology, and services, it would be a little bit different. You'd you'd offer you know different um, different pieces from that industry. If they want to see a variety of things that you've done, maybe you've done um, you've done game shows or you've done some kind of elaborate show. We used to do a lot of very elaborate shows with dancing. I used to sing and dance in these shows. And if they want to see more of those kinds of things, then you piece together a demo that gives that shows what you're capable of presenting credibly in the medical industry or in a, a much livelier, let's get them in here, let's have some fun, come on in, we're doing this kind of thing, um, in, a, in a more uh, a sort of party atmosphere, if you will, like some of the user group shows, they they have some fun times.
1: Even though it's a party atmosphere, though, um, when you show your your, your photographs, the photographs that you're delivering to these clients, you have to realize that they're in a corporate setting. They're looking for someone that looks corporate that's gonna look like they fit in the booth that you're going to be working in. So um, your photos have to look professional, uh, either yeah. done professionally by a, by a photographer or at least mm-hmm. something that looks clean cut. You wanna expound upon
0: that? Yeah, so you probably need a variety of things, um, a headshot, it's not as as essential as it used to be. So some of your marketing tools, of course, a real. They're going to want to see you in action. Uh, a professional headshot, not a bikini. That's a different. Um, that's a different. Uh, there are agencies that that want that, or in, in workout gear for uh, different clientele. But typically, you're not going to see bikinis on a trade show floor anymore. Um, but um, Definitely you want to be relaxed and and uh, professional looking it doesn't necessarily have to be a suit uh, but you should have professional shots but you also want action shots so you'll want photos of what you've done on the trade show for typically you want to get audiences in those in those shots they want to see that you've had that that kind of big audience engagement
1: right so what about uh, the resume what what kind of things do you put on a resume is it is it just your name, height, weight, uh, do you put, I mean, what goes on a resume for something like this?
0: Again, it depends upon what they're looking for, but my resume does not have height and weight. It has my uh, my union affiliation, SAG-AFTRA, uh, my name, it has, um, then it has trade shows. It has the companies that I've worked for, uh, the trade shows that I've done. Um, it has ear prompter proficient a special uh uh special um, that. yeah yeah so uh it's a fairly simple you know it's funny there there isn't really an ask so much anymore for headshots and resumes they really want to see the the video the video that right. you have video content. So we have a, a website, and we have all of the We have lots of pictures, and there are video clips in there that gives you an idea of from this type of presentation to this type of presentation, every and everything in between, um, from tutorials, and um, I'm certified in a software program, so I'm teaching on that, and there's a, a video of that.
1: So do you uh, have, uh, if, if you're gonna send someone a website, I think some people are worried. Do you have an agent-friendly website and a regular website, or do you just have one website? And, and maybe I should explain, agent-friendly website, uh, at least in, in the ma- magic world, um, we would have a website that would be maybe just our name, and there wouldn't be any contact information on there. It, it's just a bio and that kind of stuff, so that the agent can send them there knowing that they're gonna go back to the agent to get booked, and then there's my own personal website that, that has all of that information because I'm gonna get booked uh, by myself. You know, with my phone number and with my my information on there, do you have both or
0: one or what? No, just just one. Um, it, there's even it, you know you, you look at the website as your calling card in a sense. You've got a business card. I still have a business card, or you can and people can scan it or they can take the business card and they they ask for the business card. Mm-hmm. It's funny, they stopped people stopped asking for my business card for a long time and then they started asking for it again. Um, so that seems to be a trend now where they're asking for it uh, uh, asking for it more. Um, it is your calling card, your website. It gives them a, a, a deeper dive if they want it. Agencies typically don't. The one agency I deal with, they use it because they trust that I'm not going to try to take any client from them, I wouldn't do that. Um, so they'll, they'll use my website if the, if the client wants a more comprehensive look at what it is that, um, that I'm able to do. Um, most of the time, again, it's, it's the, they want a uh, YouTube clip, and they send that off to the, to the client. So
1: even though you're working through agencies, you've really made this your profession, your business. It's, it's not like you're relying only on agencies or other people to find you work. You're out there looking for the work yourself, and you're hustling in order to get this work.
0: Yeah. So, so there's a thing that kind of happens. Um, f- for me, reputation is really important. So, uh, and to most of us, and um, we've been in this a, w- a while, and our reputation is is really key. So, in order for somebody else, another presenter, to say, Hey, I want Robin to to fill in for me. I trust that she's going to do a really good job for the client. And. She's not going to try to take that client from me. So you build a level of trust and reputation in your, uh, level of trust in your reputation. So uh, word of mouth, uh, clients, um, I will get uh, jobs from uh, other presenters. I will get jobs from agencies. Um, And yes, I've been doing this a long time, but I don't go with just one thing, if you put all your eggs in one basket, that basket can empty out pretty quickly sometimes. So, um, so having uh, a lot being uh, signed in with lots of different agencies, don't go exclusive, and doing, um, making sure that you present yourself in a way that other people would trust for you to take over for them if the, if the case ever happened.
1: Uh, the nugget you just said to me is one of the most important things um, is don't go exclusive. And, and the, the agencies out there, if you find an agency that is feeling insecure with the fact that you're also available at other agencies and demanding something exclusive, that might very well be a warning sign,
0: wouldn't it? it? It absolutely would be. There, Listen, there are a couple of agencies I deal with, and they are not happy with each other. But they we have worked for both of them for a very long time, and they are they are respectful, again, it goes back to trust. They trust that we are, we have their best interest at heart when we're working for them, we are dedicated to whatever project it is they're hiring us for. And um, so there's a level of even of, um, I mean, there was a situation years ago when one of the agencies said, look, I, I really need you to do this show. And I said, well, I'm already booked with this other agency. And they said, Please, we really need you. could you could you ask them? I went to the owner of the other agency and I said, "Look, my first obligation is to to you guys. Um, and uh, I, w- I really would love to do this show. this is This is the situation. I said I would present it to you, but I am fully ready to do and meet my obligation. ready to do this show. And the owner of the agency said, "Well, what's the benefit of you doing?" one show over the other. I said, there's joy in doing either one of them. So, so um, whatever you decide is, is fine with me. And she said, go ahead and do the other one. I can get somebody to fill in here.
1: And, and she, do, you, do you find that they get upset that sometimes you book direct or is that just okay too?
0: No, they don't. Unless you're trying to take their client and that, that's not a good idea. Right. That's never a good idea because again, reputation, it'll follow you. Uh, but no, they they never have a problem. If you have a client that's direct, an agency may come in and try to uh, try to woo that client or offer them something. But that's that's a rare occurrence now. That used to happen
1: a long time ago. Oh but there's boy, a- do I remember that happening! Right? Yeah, but but now uh, the, when I am working for an agency, I hand the agent's card out. I don't hand my own business
0: card out, right? Right, 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 exactly. Exactly. So, if I'm working direct um, for a client and somebody comes over, if it's a competitor to that client, then I then I respectfully decline and say I, I can't do that. If this is a long time client for me, um, but I say I, you know I can recommend somebody else uh, to you, if you'd like. Um, an agency, yes, I I hang out the agency's cards. Well, now
1: let's backtrack here just a little bit because that's an interesting thing. Um, if you're in the exhibit industry. You're building exhibits. It's not uncommon for an exhibit house, let's say it's Skyline Displays, uh, that mm-hmm. they that they might build a, a an exhibit for McDonald's, but also at the same time be building an exo- exhibit for Burger King, and that's okay. Um, do you find that that the you mentioned competitor kind of situation? Do you find that an issue as a live presenter?
0: rarely do I have that rarely is that an issue and I know sometimes with um, uh, most clients understand that say an AV house or an exhibit house they're going to have other clients and they're probably going to have them at the very same show Um, there are some clients uh, there are some exhibit houses or or, um, agencies that want to keep it quiet more agencies I think I've experienced uh, that where they don't really want if there's a competition, it, it's more in the medical world. If there's a competition, it, that's a lot more territorial in, in that world. So maybe they won't say I'm also working for this company. But it would be it would be foolhardy to be working for a uh, a company in the medical industry, particularly the medical industry, um, to be working for them and then take a job with their competitor and work right across the aisle, or even in another hall, it would be foolhardy.
1: Yeah, I think that that particular, medical shows are a totally different animal. Um, they they are. As auto shows are a different animal from a uh, B2B kind I, of show. Um, yeah. But the in the medical shows, uh, I think it goes into the reps, because if you're a medical rep, then you have to go to their boot camp on their drug, and you have to learn, and they, they invest a lot in those people, and then they have mm-hmm. to keep their numbers up. And at the same time, in that industry, one drug company is always trying to steal the other drug company's sales staff, uh, the ones mm-hmm. that are good. So I think there's a little more competitiveness in that.
0: Uh, yeah, have, you ever, yeah. have you ever worked in oh. auto show? No, never worked in auto show. But what I've worked is um, commercial vehicles. So those shows are different. So you're talking about, and for Ford Motor Company, so you're talking about a uh, a very different, um, like
1: the work truck show or something like that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So you're talking about people who need commercial vehicles fact, from the F I, I think that's
1: where we saw each other last. Uh, was that yeah? The, the work exactly. truck show. show yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
1: so let's um let me ask you a more ethereal question here, um, Robin. Imagine you were just getting into trade shows today and you had mm-hmm. all the knowledge you now have with the experience that you have, what would you tell your young self? What, is there any tips or things that you would want to tell your young self? Not to say that you're old now, just that you're, you're less experienced. <laughs> self. I should reword that. That was so rude. <laughs> Don't
0: worry about it. Um, yeah. I think if, if, If I were to advise, and I do actually, I talk to uh, younger people who want to get into the business um, or uh, other presenters who have come to me and said, you know, I'm new to this. How do I, you know, where do I, how do I do? Can you watch me and give me and critique me? And I will do that as long as they're open to what I have to say. And I'm I'm never going to insult somebody, but I'm saying, take this in in the manner that it's given it's it's meant to help you it's my observation you don't have to take what I say as as gospel but for me if I were talking to the younger me I'd say research 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 make that client happy know what it is you're talking about know what you're talking about don't just read a script develop that relationship with the client so that you're not doing a show and then you're going off and seeing your friends or in search of uh, tickets for whatever event they're going to have the last day or you bought got tchotchkes from the show. Commit yourself to that client because when you do that, they will commit to you.
1: You know, that's my favorite question to ask everybody, and I just kind of botched it in asking it the way I did to you. but But I think it really does give you insight because I think that's probably the most valuable thing you can know is, is that uh, you do need to make your client first and you need to um, uh, make sure that they're happy. Um, you know, is, there, is there anything that, that else that you'd like to share with our audience that maybe I, I've forgotten to ask you?
0: No, I think, I think if you keep in mind, try to see your client's perspective and look at the booth as though it's your home. Right? You care about it, all aspects of it. When I go into a booth, if I see things that maybe need adjustment, I can talk to the trade show manager and say it might be better for us if we opened up that area so people can come into the booth. Maybe we can move that literature stand or whatever the case may be. Um, But make that your home. And again, I, I can't stress it enough commit to what you're doing. It's not necessarily an easy thing where, oh, I'm just going to put this on the air. I'm going to get up there and do it. I'll mouth the words. The audience knows it. The client knows it. And if you're having fun when you do this, you have fun when you know what you're talking about because, wow, it really does that. That's really cool. When you know that, that makes it more fun for you. And when you're relaying that to the people that are sitting in those chairs and standing room room. Uh, and, and other booths looking and coming over what's going on over there, you're getting that message across in a, in an engaging and a fun way. And that's the key. You're having fun, they're having fun, and everybody's learning something.
1: So that's such great advice. Um, you mentioned you had a website that uh, you said yeah. your customers do. Do you want to kind of plug your website? Well, if I wanted to look at who you are, sure. who, who, where sure. do I go?
0: so it's www.tradeshowtalk.net
1: and there's more than just you on that
0: yeah that's right there's also my spousal unit aka Larry Wyatt and uh, his profile is up there as well
1: and I promise we're going to have Larry on the show soon too because he's got (laughs) some great stories as well Um, any social media or anything else you want to say hey connect with me um, this way
0: yeah, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. That's, that's, a, that's a good point, too. Uh, that's a good um, source. Uh, dedicating a little bit of time. Don't overdo it, but dedicate a little time to a LinkedIn profile and look into how you uh, you can actually go online and find out ways to write uh, a LinkedIn profile and to set up your, your LinkedIn page so that it's uh, more effective. And draws people in. So, and, just, and, and
1: so just look for Robin Bell there on LinkedIn as well. Robin
0: Bell, that's
1: it. Well, Robin, if, wow, I really appreciate your spending some time with us today. I mean, <laughs> I've I've learned so much, um, you know, to, from you and and uh, and out there on the road, we, we consider each other friends, and uh, yeah. and it's so good to to bump into you at all these shows and 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 know that you know, hey, if I uh, had a sore throat, I could always get a lozenge from you as well.
0: You know it. I carry a. I carry a pharmacy in my gig bag. <laughs>
1: exactly. So, well, thank you so much. Um, uh, we we hope to chat with Larry again, or, or, or uh, at some point in time later on. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Sounds good.
1: All right. Bye bye. Thanks guys. Well, we want to thank Robin Bell for taking the time to speak with us today. I sure learned a whole lot about um, my own website, uh, promotional photos and uh, videos that are necessary to keep me running in the business. Now, we always like to close out our uh, show with a facepalm. That is where you put your palm onto your forehead in disbelief in what's happened in the world of events, brand ambassadors, and trade shows. And today's facepalm is from Becky Joe Schwartz of CE Talent. She tells us of a brand ambassador that was hired through her agency that she got a phone call about because of an indecent exposure in a jacuzzi after the trade show closed?
2: Oh, yes I do. (laughs) We actually um, had a situation uh, where a talent um, was invited, in fact, to go to dinner with um, a gentleman. Um, And she did. And long story short, she ended up in the hot tub with said gentleman, when the client walks by and sees her crowd gatherer in a hot tub with one of her staff um and she was mortified um and she basically contacted us and said please have her removed i want someone else (laughs) um so yeah like i I say use common sense unfortunately i have found sometimes common sense is not as common
1: (laughs) Well, that wraps it up for episode number two of season one. I hope you had as much fun listening as I had talking to our guests. Uh, I want to thank our guests, Jennifer Canali, Becky Jo Schwartz, Alexis Bays, Robin Bell, and Veronica Taveldi for uh, putting in some of their uh, their insights to the industry. Hey, I'm having so much fun doing this, and it's way more fun when I know that you're listening. So if you'll click the subscribe button right there on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or TuneIn or whatever podcast distribution method you're using to listen to us, let us know by subscribing. And if there's a guest that you want to hear from, let me know. I'd love to invite them on. You can reach me by email. My email is stokar at corporatefx.com. That's S-T-O-K-A-R at... Corporate FX, that's C O R P O R A T E, the letter F is in Frank, the letter X is in X ray.com, S Tokar at CorporateFX.com. I would love to hear from you. Well, that wraps it up for this week. I look forward to the next week on Face the Event.